Hello and welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming at you from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Might I add a newly renovated Cat Cave. Thank you to our good friends, uh, Lily and Vanit. Uh, very adult of me. My Victoria and I purchased a new couch and chair. And life it can't get any more exciting. Well, this episode is with Bo Pierce, who is one of my oldest and nearest, dearest friends. I've known Bo for, I don't know, a very long time. So we kind of, we talk about it in the episode. So Bo and I work together as camp counselors at a wonderful organization called Hope With Heart. They have a website at hopewithheart.com. Go ahead, donate some money to them. It is a summer camp dedicated to children with heart conditions. And the kids who go there go there completely for free. Uh, I'm a former camper. I went back there and was a counselor for a number of years. So Bo and I shared a cabin together for a few years. And I guess in those scenarios, you got to either love somebody or hate somebody. Where, like, you just meet and you're like, you're going to be in a small space with, like, a bunch of teenagers for a long time. Fortunately, it worked out really great. Uh, Bo was awesome. He was supposed to come on the show, uh, like, a year ago. Not a year ago, but a, a long time ago. It was the same time I recorded with Andrew Costa. I kind of talked on the episode and I just uh, didn't manage my time appropriately, but... I'm glad that we did this. We did this over Skype, and I spent a lot of time making it sound as good as possible because it sounds amazing. Uh, I'm really enjoying doing these Skype interviews. It just takes a little more editing for me, which I don't mind, but the sound quality sounds like he's next to me, so we're going to continue with this. Uh, if it wasn't really for Bo, though, I don't think there's a lot of bands I wouldn't know of. I mean, after this interview, I went back and I started listening to uh, Against Me, the New Wave album, because I remember listening to that uh, one weekend we went to go visit him in Syracuse. I listened to that and the format Dog Problems obsessively, so I've been listening to that as well. Still never listened to Jawbreaker and can get into them. I, I bet there's someone listening to this who likes Jawbreaker. Good band, just just not for me, but... uh you know, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash let's us chat. We do have a website, but I am being very slow with putting it up together. It's, I'm pretty tired and lazy. I guess laziness is the right word. Um, yeah. And, uh, look forward to the future. We're going to have an episode with Dan and Bo because Dan, Bo and I are really close friends. The three of us are like little trio. So we're going to hopefully have that in the near future. Well, next week's episode is pretty awesome. Andy Tabar, I believe is how you say his last name. Oh, Andy, if you hear this, I'm sorry. Lead singer of the Flaming Tsunamis, uh, tour operator, I believe, of A Billion Lives, and owner of Compassion Company. It's a great news talk about DIY punk tours, going to Europe, uh, animal rights, veganism, and just everything. It's a fucking awesome talk. So please click subscribe on the iTunes or the Google play, or however you listen to the show. Uh, thank you so much. And here's your episode with Bo Pierce. The opposite of a winner Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kid to Bring Funk, Master Flex, Love, Funk, Star, Ski Well, Bill Cosby's a rapist Let's be open with that Oh my god, is he? I haven't, I haven't kept up with it I, I literally, well, I've actually read about it a little while ago On um, BuzzFeed or some investigative journalism websites A uh, little hubble But, uh and I just saw Hannibal Burris called his ass out today for it. I was like, "Yeah, that's awesome!" Oh my god, who did he? Who did he rape? That 
I he has like a new biography coming out. My brother told me something about it. I didn't know much about it. And I guess they completely skipped the fact of his like 11 rape allegations or sexual assault allegations that were all settled out of court. Oh my god. I don't think they were anyone famous. I didn't know I don't know tons about it. So if you're listening, well, we'll see if this makes it in there. <laughs> but uh apparently cuz I I really like Bill Cosby and like respected him and it turns out he's a shitty fucking dude. I, I kind of got over him. Like, I liked the Cosby show back in the day. I mean, who yeah. who didn't? You know, he's, he's a yeah. lovable son of a bitch. Him and, him and his little family. Well, his, his uh, son went to my college, Ennis, the one who was murdered way before my time. So I had uh, worked with a lot of people when I ended up working there, a lot of people that worked with Ennis. And they had such nice things to say about the Cosby family, and then somehow someone pissed off the Cosbys, and they never donated any money again. Oh, God. <laughs> but that's a boring-ass story. How are you? Ah, oh, not bad. How do I turn off my camera? Oh, there it is. Know. There uh, you go. Okay. That's too bad. I, I was liking this looking at you without you looking, me looking at you. That's, uh, it's a, fam- that's, that's a common thing with us. We watch each other sleeping. <laughs> yeah. and- Oh my god. We've we've slept in the same bed. Yeah, yeah, I mean like Probably seeing your butt on via webcam was like that that was like the the newest thing that's happened to us in our relationship. Like like we've <laughs> we've pushed pushed the card quite a bit um in our in our ways. Yeah. Well, do you remember the first time you met my now wife? Um I, you opened the door and I just kissed you on the lips. Yeah, that was like first thing out of the gate, like setting her expectations, you know, real early on <laughs> of what to expect. Yeah. You know. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, we'll flash forward. We'll get we'll circle back to it. But uh, I mean, years later, you ended up being the groomsman. So I guess she was OK with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, your your wife's a, a good egg. Yeah. You got a good one there. You got <laughs> to the moon, the spinach. You've, you know what, uh, so basically I try to keep a like source of like coming back to ideas and I always fuck it up. So if you remember anything to come back to, feel, go right ahead. Dan Shields calls me out on it all the fucking time. (laughs) Uh, well, you know me, I'm, I, I get disinterested and just kind of get quiet. So (laughs) yeah, it's not like that you're not being interesting. It's just that I'm running out of like, I'm, I'm less interested in what I have to say and more interested in what you have to say about anything. Oh, you're so much more interesting, though. <laughs> not, not necessarily true. A little, yeah. Well, oh crap! I just made myself look like an asshole. Damn it! Uh, <laughs> uh, well, so uh, let me ask you this extremely important question: Where do you fall on the side of Taylor Ham pork roll debate, which I just learned about uh, last week? Um, it. See, I don't know, man. Like, because you're from Central Jersey. I know a lot about you. I bet you're going to – you might be a little uncomfortable when I reveal how much I remember about you because I'm pretty much always sober. <laughs> and this has come in handy in this line of free work. Yeah, yeah. I've been in some pretty pretty odd situations in your company. <laughs> like, I remember all of it. Yeah, yeah. I, and I've always been the more inebriated one. Yeah. Well, there's times it's been reversed. I've also, but you know, um, I'll let you, I'll give you this before it goes up. So we'll take out anything you don't want out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably just stick to saying that I work for an IT company. Not that anybody that, I mean, anybody that knows me could look on my Facebook and see where I work. Oh yeah. Yeah. um, And I've had some people who go, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you know, just, just be smart. Just, I mean, say anything you want and then I'll take out anything you want just to be smart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, if I just start shit talking someone too much, then 
I don't know. I, I, I don't like to paint people. I know that I'm pretty opinionated about a lot of people in my, that I've come that have, of people that have come and gone in my life. And I know that it's just my opinion and I know that I'm probably being a jerk <laughs> and I don't want, you know, to ever make anyone seem like a bad person. Cause I think anybody that's been in my life, they're genuinely good people except for a select few. I, but, I, I can think of one. <laughs> actually i can't and that was a joke but that one person who hates you might be listening to this and be like he's talking about me <laughs> uh you know that's that's i mean i'm sure we're, we, we're talking about the same person or referring uh, to the same oh person. see this is great we're carly simon in it we're like we're making someone think we're talking about them but i i and quite honestly i'm not talking about anybody at all in particular yeah you're so vain i bet you thought this podcast was about you <laughs> oh i wish i could title the episode that <laughs> That would I don't be the, see why you couldn't. Yeah, that would be the more updated, lamer version of that song. But so, um, correct me if I'm wrong. You grew up central New Jersey, around the New Brunswick region, on a property where the MGM line was buried. Uh, sort of. You're not not too far off there. I grew up in the southernmost part of North Jersey. That's Damn. that's closer to Central Jersey than it is to the rest of North Jersey proper. If that makes any sense, like. I I was always closer to Central Jersey, like that's where I frequented, like in my mm-hmm. teens, I guess you can say. Um, like, so then, New Brunswick was closer than New York. Yeah, well, I mean, well, New York is east, so um, it's all kind of close if you're along the coast of New Jersey. But <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So I I grew up in uh, it's technically North Jersey, but it's like on the cusp there, so it's like. Central Jersey was closer to anything cool in North Jersey, so it was worth going to Central Jersey than going further north. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So then, um, awesome. so yeah, but then I moved to Central Jersey later on, like in in my later teens and stuff, and early twenties. I, I lived in some um, Central Jersey towns. So where did you fall in the pork roll debate? Because Dan told me about it, and now I'm like obsessed with it. Because Victoria calls it Taylor ham. Um, I call it pork roll, always called it pork roll. Um, but at the same time, like, I feel like I've, I've called it Taylor ham too. So like, I don't, I don't know, like I, I'm, I'm not married to either one, but I think that I more naturally say pork roll. I, yeah, it's, I like to refer to it as Taylor Swift ham, but apparently that's not a thing. <laughs> I, um, I told this to Dan, um, I, I, you were at this party, but, um, Ken and Aguim were actually the ones that brought me. I think it was called GNAs and like Route Twenty Three. It was yeah. after one of the Hope with Heart parties. Hope with Heart parties. Yep. And I went. Th- is that was it? Was it really called GNAs? Yeah, I think GNAs. we had gone back there. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay, because this is years and years and years ago. Yeah, and that was twenty three. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was right before your birthday. Maybe. It, maybe it was one of our birthday weekends. Uh, no, no, it was. It was. Um, I think it was post. Hope with Heart party. Well, like, okay, so I think the first time you had GNA, GNAs was the first time Ken peed the bed at Laura Davis's place. Yes. Okay, that's um, what I thought. Because he, he like, was did the laundry. Oh, was he? Uh, did he spend no, the no. night? No, he did. He slept outside. That was a different party. Because it was really weird. We had a pre and post party within a week of each other. Yeah. And both of them were hardcore. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember 
what party was what, but because one time a game came and then one time a game and Anthony came. Hmm. Remember, like we were standing on the second top of her floor, and a game poured uh, beer down someone's sh- uh, mouth from really far, and then it, he poured it down their breast, and it was really funny. Yeah, there's a video of that somewhere. I, it was Sam. It was Samantha. Yeah, but like, it, yeah, it was Sam. But I don't know who has this video, but it is perfect because like the perspective is from his hand, and yeah. you can see the peer, the beer pouring perfectly into Sam's mouth, and then you see his hand intentionally move, and it just goes straight down her cleave, man. <laughs> uh, that was um, I just saw Anthony and Game at the Folly reunion in uh, Long Island. And we were, they were actually, they brought it up because we played, that was when we were playing beer pong with Sabanko and I put the ball in my mouth and I spit it across the room and it bounced off the wall and it came back and landed in the first cup and nobody saw it. Oh my, I saw it. No, dude. Except I remember like four that. Of us. It was like you, me, and then those, and those two. Cause it, it, I think it was me and you were playing with those two and then we didn't play the game. We just called it quits and drank all the beer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, oh my god. god. That was that was that was some of the like when I speak to um like Margaret, we we try to catch up every every well as often as we can really, just like all of us. I miss but her. um she oh yeah, she she asked about you. But anyway, we oh. this is that's more phone conversation stuff. Um but like um she she um she talks about that time, that period, like we, we speak about we hold it so high in our hearts and minds and souls, really like how how much everybody loved each other and um, how much fun it all was and I mean not to no not like things have gone necessarily downhill but I mean that's like a that's when we were I guess all at our tightest and like as a as one whole group like the hope with heart counselors you know I I know and like me and Dan touched upon this and I that episode just went up yesterday so I just listened to it but like. I won't rail too far into it, but like we railed about how awful the last season of How I Met Your Mother was, and <laughs> what aspect that they could have really taken was what it's really like turning like thirty or like late twenties, early thirties, and those people that you're so close with in your like twenty three to twenty five, twenty even like twenty seven, twenty eight. Like we were so close, and we all you know we all still love each other, but you never think that that's going to happen to you. But fuck. I, I know this is the worst thing in the world, but we get busy and people move away and have families and lives and kids and jobs. And then one day you sit down and do the math. You're like, I can't leave where I live because I have to work and I get X amount of time and I have to see X amount of family. I, it it gets crazy, man. Like it gets fucking crazy hard to do things. Yeah. I mean, it, and to put it so bluntly, you can only make so many bad decisions to see your really close friends like when you're young and you need to oh, do yeah. that. And it's, it's very important. Like I, I've missed, like I, I missed classes. I, I skipped days at work and like was out money, like risk losing jobs just because I wanted to hang out with people. <laughs> and you really put yourself on the line when you're younger, but like, you kind of got to give that up. Like I, I need a steady job. I, I enjoy oh, having yeah. a steady job. It's very good. And oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I'll know, request days off, but I won't just fake sick anymore. And then, and if you do, you won't. Social media didn't exist to the same extent. I mean, obviously it did, but like my employers or my parents weren't on MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> so like we could go. You know how I mean? Speaking of like doing dumb decisions or spending way too much money for for no real reason, I I put the amount of time and energy and money I went to go visit in you and rural like, parts of New Jersey or or Syracuse that one time. I would have a lot more money, but I would have so much less experience. Like, 
I would never at this day and age get in a train, go to New York City, get in the car, and drive six hours to go hang out in Syracuse with you for a weekend. Nothing personal. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's obscene. It is insane. That can't happen anymore. I like, but why did I do that? And it was fucking great. Or like, remember when I, like, how I met Dan was like, I went down, me, Summer, and Crystal went down to go see, um, you were living in North Brunswick, I think. Yeah. And you had free tickets for Rusted Root. And this is like, hey, do you want to come to Jersey this weekend? And it was like my first day of spring break in college. You're like, let me make some calls. All right, I'll be there. And then my friends woke me up. They're like, we got to go. I'm like, fuck it. I'll take the bus home. And I stayed on your couch for five days. Yeah. And we ate nothing but chips. And we watched Heroes. And Sandman we- would come over. Yeah. And we watched Clerks 2, like, a lot. Oh, oh, that's still one of my favorite movies ever made. Yeah, it's great. I mean, the whole... I don't know. Like I'm, I'm a Jersey boy at heart, and I'll always have a soft spot for Kevin Smith. Like even the stuff that I hate of his, which is like what Jersey Girl, I guess. But he, yeah. he hates Jersey Girl. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'll always say that, like, oh yeah, that was good. I, you know, he did a good job, even though, even if it was bad, I think. Oh, Cop Out was like, eh, but he'll, he'll, he'll be the first one to admit to it. But I think it was like Kevin Smith is one of the people who really. One of the many things that led me, I guess, like pre-podcasting, flowing love, but like, um, I just fell in love with dialogue a lot from his movies, like Chase and Amy and Clerks Two and Mallrats, and like that guy, like he'll he can just film people talking, and I don't know what it is about it, but I just I fall in love. I watched those Evening with Kevin Smith, Too Fat for Forty, uh, all of them, Burn in Hell. Like God, I can just listen to that guy talk for hours and do because he has ninety five podcasts. Yeah. Oh, I, I like I like watching him speak. He's like him as a person is like like a a foul mouthed Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, and he's so smart and he works so hard, and you wouldn't expect it because he's just a very large, big stoner. Yeah, uh, but then he calls like celebrities and people out and shit. Like he was even talking about the first time he had sex with his wife, and like eh, he probably shouldn't. And it wasn't very positive on it. But he's always self deprecating. But I don't know. He's just. He does talking better. I love when he's a guest on any podcast that I listen to. I listen to some Smodcast Network stuff, but like when he's on like Nerdist or Brody Snellis, it's like game over, man. Like you're not talking. Kevin Smith is just going to talk for three hours, and it's going to be great. Yeah. But Clerks too, though. Like I think one of the taglines is like, "It has a dirty heart." Or Clerks Two has a dirty mind but a good heart and i was like but that's how i've I've always kind of felt about like you and me and dan and all the hope with heart crew it's like we make poop and fart jokes and we're kind of gross and disgusting but we also volunteered one week every year to go work with kids with heart conditions in upstate new york yeah it's like our version of um like giving stuff up for lent (laughs) yeah and but obviously we loved 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 it and we got so much out of it and it's a great great fucking place but again too i can't take a week off from my job and my and my wife and go there anymore like it got too hard to like go there and it it sucked i remember the first year i couldn't go there because of work and it oh my god that sucked so hard yeah i mean even even my last year at camp it it felt like i i definitely felt too old for it like it felt like i should be making room for someone else that's young enough to enjoy it properly not that i wasn't enjoying it but like it wasn't it wasn't everybody and like i wanted everyone to be there and it wasn't and it was a lot of these younger kids that i also love but like trying to like introduce them to this like way that we had been doing things 
it, with, in under a week's time and, and also get to bond with everyone the, the way you wanted to and, and also the kids, you know, I can't forget about the kids. Oh, I forgot they went there. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it, it, it was just like kind of exhausting and like, I don't know, like not everyone got the same jokes that, you know, me, me kissing dudes wasn't very cool in front of yeah. the, some of the newer kids and it, I don't know. It, no, and then and I guess selfishly, it's like you want things to stay the same. But to quote that wonderful newfound glory, uh, what is it, the Outsiders quote, and before hit and miss, it's like nothing gold can stay. Right. Like, for hope with heart, or for anything to evolve, though, like you and I have to give up the throne, either go up the ladder, or let someone else come in and carry on this amazing, wonderful tradition. It can't be like you and me and a bunch of dudes and gals in our thirty-five. And it's like, you know, like, and anything I, 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 man, when I moved, I think it took me the first two years to really reconcile, like everything changed in my life. And I, it was hard, man. It was really hard. Like all of a sudden, like my parents and my grandparents and my friends from home weren't right there. And the people that were once farther away, but close enough to get to in a day were like an extra two hours, which made all the difference. And then all of a sudden you don't see everybody. Yeah. I don't know. I think, um, as far as friends being further it was always kind I felt like in the places that I've lived at the times that I was living, it was always difficult to kind of get to where people were. So coming to New York has been, or like living, you know, more directly in the city and not just near it. Um, it's, it's actually, I found that it's easier to just get to see everybody. And at, you know, I get to spend time with people spread out throughout the year rather than like cram it all into summer and yeah. and hope for the best and maybe spring break will come around and everyone else will be back in town or um I'll have time to go visit someone or whatever it is like I find that I I get to have a more proper social life because it you know other other states and friends are more accessible Oh, and so much is traveling through where you, before you live. Um, before we, I do want to talk about your move to New York, but I did have a funny story. Um, do you remember? So we did our first year at Hope with Heart. Um, in the intro, I'll explain what that is better, so we don't have to like explain to anyone. Um, so, um, and it was right before I was transferring colleges. To, I was going to start my first year at Green Mountain College, so I was going to be a junior. I'm bad with dates, so I have to like think things through. Uh, so I remember my parents and I stayed at my aunt's house in Chester, Vermont. And there was nothing to do, no computer, like 12 channels. And either you called me or I called you. I don't know what happened, but I just had nothing to do. And it was like, I remember like telling you, I'm like, you're going to be really depressed when that ends. So like we got, we got, you and I got along instantly. Maybe there was a moment where I was like, I don't know if I like him because he might be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's too good to be true. But then we, uh, you called me and we talked on the phone for like two and a half hours. Yeah, at least. I think it might have even been like three that night. Like, Do you remember when we were in the cabin and the kids would be trying to sleep and we were having a hard to heart? Yeah, and they'd be like, "Yeah, guys, this is you know, Shut I'm up. happy you guys are you know getting along so well, but we got we got to go to sleep." That was so fucking funny. And the the thing of hope and heart that the bondingness is like, we lost a lot of really close friends. And now I just brought it to be really sad. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it. I think it's it it's beautiful. Like. I think there was some people, it could be easily to look depressed if you get to a certain age and be like, oh, you've been, you know, how many of your friends died? I'm like, but the way I think we always looked at it is like, but we got to spend this time on earth with these people who didn't have as much time and give, like the kids, 
and not all of them pass away. Like there's just some. Uh, we got to have give some of those kids the best week of their entire life in their short life. Yeah, and you know it's beautiful. And the the other selfish part too is that I've I gained so many amazing weeks of my life because of those people. Like they live so intensely, and like you you kind of absorb part of that by being around oh, yeah. them in in this weird way. And like I, I'm making it sound like I'm like so full of myself. I think, but like. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, they were dying and I was kind of enjoying it. Like, <laughs> this, It's like her- terrible. But um, No, well, not everyone was dying, but there were people that died, like, a lot. Yeah. More than any- <laughs> Most people our age don't haven't been to as many funerals and it fucking sucks. Yeah, and especially funerals for, like, people younger than, than you currently are. <laughs> yeah. I don't think um, I've been to one other than, like, my, my grandparents in, yeah, in a too. very long time where they were actually, like, older than me. That I remember when um um Nick died. This was before your time. Uh, going to his funeral, which was I was nineteen. I was a fucking wreck, and it was just so strange seeing the pallbearers. Oh, they're called younger than me. Yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe like within my age range. Yeah, it's no. You uh, weren't nineteen. You were. I think you were twenty. Because I, I was twenty-one. I think. Yeah, I was twenty-one. No, um, how old are you now? I am thirty. So am I. So that meant maybe I was 20. Yeah. No, because I was 21 and camp was coming up. So you were turning 21 like right after camp or whatever. Or right before Oh, camp. no. I was 19 and turned 20 on the day of camp because my camp was always the day of my birthday. Nah, man. I was 21. <laughs> before oh, okay. before I... You're right. Yeah. Like before I... I was 21 like the first time I met Nick. Oh, okay. So I must have just turned 21. Oh, you're right, because he was supposed to be we him and I had plans to go out before camp the night before and get my first and get a legal drink with him. Oh man. Yeah, because I remember talking to him on the phone before he had passed. Was your first year that year the year Nick passed away? Um, no, it was the year after. Like I remember just wanting to um give like Alyssa like I don't know, I did because we were such a new couple at the time that I didn't want to like put like I really wanted to go and she had been speaking about it so much that like like I didn't know how to handle it properly, yeah. and I didn't I didn't want to impede on her time, and you know also like I don't know I figured that's something good for her to do and come back, and you know we can you know whatever I don't know what I was thinking at the time I thought it was I remember thinking it was like the right thing to do, and I I don't really regret it, but I kind of also do because I wish I had that year. <laughs> That would have been a tough year to enter. Maybe you wouldn't have the same experience because all of like the older kids were just there. Was it was just like we're not even going to try to have a new friend or experience. It was just like it's all about us right now. Yeah, yeah, but oh man, that was that was rough. Um, yeah, sorry to get so sad on that. But I so well. Let's speak. Uh, well, we also have uh, we share in the thing of like. And the thing with Hope of the Heart was odd is like I would ha- I lived in Connecticut and a lot of you guys are all from New York, New Jersey, and like someone would pass away, but like it's someone that you knew one week out of the year and you didn't have those friends really close to each other. And I remember it was really nice. I think it was when our, our really, really close friend Sean passed away. Of uh, you had everyone to your house, and I was like, I needed that because it was like it was hard when someone died, and then I had no one who knew them, and I was like, I I can't talk about it. you just you don't get it. I can't explain to you why I'm so fucking sad right now. And that was awesome that you had everyone over to your apartment in Hawthorne that night. Yeah, I mean, I that that happened more than a few times. Even yeah, even when um 
like Jeremy, I think when he was sick, like we, we just had yeah. a night, like he wasn't even, he hadn't even passed away, but like, I remember just being like, oh man, I'm really bummed about it. And like people came over and we just, it turned into like, they wind up turning into like parties where we all kind of let loose and, um, I don't know, just like, you know, let, let everything go and kind of like blew off some steam. But yeah, I mean, especially after Sean, I, I remember that being a, a, it hurt in, in a very different way that none of the other losses really felt like. And yeah, I, I remember needing just just to be around people, like even if we weren't talking, like it wasn't as much of a as a party, you know, when um, ever, you know, the others had passed away. But um, yeah, with Sean, I just remember, you know, you and Megan, I remember I remember being around and that was and, and Margaret and it, it just made things Steve better. too. And Steve, oh my God, he called me the other day, and I haven't called him back yet. We, uh, him and I, slept on a futon that night. Yeah, yeah, yep. And you guys, you other. guys stayed up for yeah. so late, and I, I remember like not being able to keep my eyes open, <laughs> which was often. I was always, I always fell asleep. I think before a lot of people. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think we like we. I don't think I slept that night. Um, well, the thing with Sean, I, that was the most depressed I've ever been because we lost our friend Ken passed away, and then was it three weeks later our friend Sean passed away? Um, it was a couple of months, I think. It's, it's the most depressed I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah, I think it was because um, Ken passed away um, in June, and then we had camp, and then sometime, I think in late September or our early October is when when Sean passed away, and. No, it was. It must have been September. I think it was September because I remember uh, my my relationship suffered of uh, how depressed I was. I know I had to. It's I started going to therapy like less than a year ago, and one thing it's been learning is like that I'm not cursed. That like when I something good happens to me, I have to stop thinking that something bad is going to happen to me. Because like uh, this, like Ken died. Right around the same time, Victoria and I started dating, and also, uh, like I just got that new job in Vermont, for, and like all this great stuff happened, and like, and then Ken died, and for some weird reason, I was like, well, that makes sense. I deserve this, which is not true at all. And then I remember Sean passed away. Oh my god, I remember being so sad, and I didn't get to go to camp that year because if I had uh, an employment opportunity, and I probably, if I was like not in a relationship, I probably would have blew it off and just gone to camp. Yeah, I had, I, I've been struggling with that myself, man. Like, cause I, I just got this new job. We, we moved into this new apartment. I have this puppy. And like, even now I'm like having these irrational worries about like, am I doing, am I doing okay at my new job and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, I spent the last hour of my day drinking coffee with my boss and just kind of having a good time sitting, sitting for an hour and it was you know like he likes me i like him and it's it's been so fun and it's been really cool getting to know him as as well you know so it's 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 just all good and i i just i don't know why my mind goes to this place of like well everything's good so when's 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 everything going to go bad yeah it's 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 work but man once you realize it it's it's fucking great that <laughs> you don't have to feel that way all the time it's a uh... There's an episode my friend Nate Peavy and I did like 
and he was the one who suggested it because we went out to dinner and we he just talked about depression and stuff and he's like we should do an episode about this i was like well if you're gonna talk about really personal stuff i guess i should openly talk about going to therapy which is i'm not ashamed of it but i just never talked about it yeah and ever since then i just felt so much fucking better no but man that's that's, that's really awesome I, I know i didn't know i think you might have like mentioned offhand one of the one of the times you were speaking i don't i don't remember the last time yeah, I don't even I don't know. remember things. Yeah, I hate remembering. Um, but no, I, yeah, it, it, it's not even that significant at all. It's just one of, one of those things. But uh, wh- whenever there's a microphone now in front of me, I feel like I say more than I'm supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, it's it's a very you know, it makes you honest. I think. Yeah, it it's weird because there's no other instance where like, I, I the show I've done the show long enough where I've have I've actually had people on that I've never met before, and like. And like a friend of mine, like a friend of mine can say, "Hey, you should try to get this person," and I can be like, "Hey, we should record." And they live far away. It's like, okay, so I'll come to your house on a Monday afternoon and set up my equipment, put up the inter- thing, and we'll talk for two straight hours. And I've never met you in my entire life because that wouldn't work any other way. But and it it works and it's great because it's all these new experiences I never would have had. So that's what I absolutely love about it. Oh my god, we were supposed to do this a long time ago, and I completely fucked up because I went way too long in an interview. It was when, God, I know it was with Andrew Costa. It was a great talk, and I had put the computer down and then sat in the chair kind of far away, and I was still new to the doing the whole podcasting thing, and I got up, and it was like three two hours had gone by, and I was supposed to be meeting Victoria for dinner in, like, New Jersey at the time I was leaving Queens. So Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh no, it's okay, man. In my head, um, I was because there was if I planned it out right, I was going to do an hour there, hour at your place, and then leave. And I didn't. I don't. I I don't know why I thought that would work, but Victoria's like, I knew this wasn't going to work. <laughs> she was right. Yeah, no, it's it's it makes sense because like in the city and in this area, I've noticed that like every well, well, dog is jumping. Hi, around. Hubble. Probably got some. Hi, Hubble. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, in this area, everything's so much closer together, so you kind of lose track of, of time and, and like in relation, like you're like, oh, I'm I'm like a minute from there when you're looking at a yeah. map, yeah. So, but then it takes everything, you know, conversations last longer, and those five minutes turn into fifteen, and it really makes the difference when you're trying to get around, especially by car, oh. man. It, um, a while, right? Almost, almost three so years. So a few years ago, you made like. I'm going to call it a pro-you decision. You decided that, um, without, we don't have to get into too many details, but with respect for the other people, you made a pro-you decision, which is very hard to do in life, and you ended your relationship, and then eventually you got in a new relationship with McKay, who Victoria and I obviously both adore, and we love, obviously, which you already know, we spent some weekends <laughs> together, and, but like, um, and then you moved to fucking, uh, you moved to New York City, like, Bo Pierce wasn't, like, you weren't exactly the, uh, the poster child of uh, big changes in your life up and out of nowhere. But like you went like uh, ended a relationship, got a new job, got a new girlfriend and moved within like a, sh- a, a short enough, uh, a respectable amount of time. Yeah, um, it was, it was pretty quick and it all, but um, yeah, it all happened pretty quick. And I kind of like had to make some moves because <clears throat> I kind of realized that I was past like, I was past my mid twenties. So I kind of had to like get an idea of where I wanted to be at least for the next decade. And, and, um, 
Yeah. And, and New York was close. I worked in the city and the way it worked out at the time is I would actually be saving money by moving to New York, which is, which is weird moving from the suburb suburbs of Jersey, which is, you know, lower prices obviously. But then like when you add up the cost of commute and all that, and I don't know. I, and, um, yeah, it just was wound up being cheaper. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was, yeah, I don't know how I, yeah, I don't really know how to address the situation. No, no, I think not... it's like, I, I think um, you and I had that same thing, and um, I don't think I was the poster child for change either. I think I was kind of stuck in life, and I met a woman, and same with you, you met a woman, and then you're like, I'm going to do anything to make this work, and fortunately, the things to do to make it work for both of us were like, great things, because for you, it's like, I'm going to move to New York, I'm like, I'm going to move to Providence and out of my parents' house, and like... Everything got better, you know? And yeah. I, I think it's, you know, we always preach this thing of, like, self-love. But, like, when I started making decisions that weren't just, like, fine. Well, you know, obviously things are financial to, to an extent. But, like, when we made decisions for love, our, like, your happiness improves. Like, my happiness. And, <laughs> and when does further away become that part? It's weird. We got to that part of our life where further away becomes now. And you're like, huh, shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm... I, I I guess McKay and I talk about this pretty often is um, in New York and, and other places as well, like you really need to tell people what you want or you're not going to get it. Um, yeah. That applies to like, you know, everywhere and everyone, but like, you know, it's, it's especially important in, in New York to like kind of, because like who's got time? Like ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. <laughs> like in, you know, I don't want to have to wait to, to guess what someone wants. Like I'm, if you're not going to tell me, I'm not going to give you anything because <laughs> I don't know what you want. Um, but yeah, so, um, that's, that's something I've, I've gained post. Uh, sorry. I was like trying to say something and I was like, eh, maybe I shouldn't say that. We could turn this up uh, more positive, but so, uh, so obviously I already said you're from New Jersey. Uh, you and Ken were the first two people I've ever heard talk about jawbreaker. Yep. Oh man, yeah. I other than Ken, I don't really know a lot of people that like Jawbreaker at all. And it's I, I have a couple of friends that I turned on to it, but like even then, like they didn't they weren't obsessed the way that me and me and Ken were, you know. Um, and I remember like the I think the first time I I really even had a conversation with Ken, I was playing a, a Jawbreaker cover. Um, my first year at camp. Yeah, in the in the bunk. I, I think you remember you telling me about it. Uh, no, we were in the. Um, it was me and Lopez, and we were in uh, the lunch room. It was just the two of us, and like we were like exchanging songs, I guess. And uh, like I guess Ken was like you know over my shoulder somewhere where I couldn't you know out of sight, and he was like that was Jawbreaker. That that was that was awesome. I love Jaw. You know whatever, whatever. Like and we that's like that was our jumping off point, really. Uh. I mean, we were, you know, we were introduced, but we didn't like, I don't know, like I, I pretty much crapped myself and fell in love when I was like, someone else loves Jawbreaker. They, yeah, they, they, they definitely are a cult band, but I don't think, I mean, I think they sound like a, I think they're still a band that a lot of other bands love, but they never got as big as they maybe should have. Yeah. They always kind of teetered on it and you're, you're absolutely right. It, it is a kind of a cult band that they have like this, you know, Rocky horror picture show feeling to them. Like... <laughs> Where you know they're you're part of something if you like them, I guess. But um, 
what is their album like hello gorgeous or something uh there's oh there's dear you there's yeah but that was like their their sellout album i guess um people just it, i don't know it's got mixed reviews uh but, I remember you burned me a bunch of CDs that uh, we used to call her Cutley Clarkson. It was after camp one year. It was her name's Aaron, and uh, it was like you burned me Rainer Maria, Coheed, and uh, Brain Braids, Frames, and Canvases. Like you and Alyssa, well, Alyssa and uh, and you her you and her introduced me to the format after they had broken up. But like, so you guys knew all the cursive who I kind of knew, but you guys introduced me to all this type. Like I was really into like punk rock and all this types of music. I was really into like hardcore and then like punk and then ska. And then there was like this middle ground of like the curse of the anniversary that uh, braid, those types of bands that you guys just knew everything about every fucking band. <laughs> I th- think it was cause you, like, you grew up in a mi- near, you were a part of one of the greatest punk scenes to come out of uh, this country of like the new Brunswick, re- uh, New Jersey as a whole. Like, holy shit. Yeah, just being in in this area of Jersey, well, that not this area, but well, that area of Jersey and, and close to New York, you, you got so many different bands. Like, I I remember seeing Coheed playing at the same venue that, like, I used to play at in my old band when I was, like, oh. a little kid. You know what I mean? So it's not like, I you know, I and My Chemical Romance and Taking Back Sunday, um, like, Further seem, seems forever. I remember seeing for five bucks. Um, uh, I saw the Boy Sets Fire like record release show at the Palace. Which record? I don't remember which one it was, but it was like two thousand, two thousand one. Oh, that's or, probably their um, after the eulogy, the best record. Uh, maybe I can't remember. Um, oh, you son of a bitch! But like you know, price of admission was like to you bought their album and you got to see the show and uh, yeah, that was like, and bouncing souls for five, t- five bucks. It's weird. You know, now they, they were even, Dan, they were old school at that point. <laughs> I know. And there's, it's weird now that our friend Dan, Dan Shields who has been on is like friendly with all those people you just mentioned for the, well, at least I know he knows Nathan from Boyce Hits Fire and Pete from bouncing souls. Yeah. And, and I heard him say it, but I, when I went to go see him at the court tavern, uh, cause I am Harris. He played. I like. They were like talking like old friends. I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Me and Ryan ran into him at Starbucks, and I was too afraid to say anything. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Oh god. Um, we saw, you brought me to see Curse of. Actually, you and Alyssa uh, were the ones who really kind of were like. I started exploring New York City with you a lot. Remember that time we went to go walk away and, and then we had to remember retrace our steps back. Yeah, we did so good. And we're like, oh yeah, that was a little girl with a balloon, and oh, that's the Starbucks, but the light was out. Like, it was like, and there's that weird smell. <laughs> like, yeah, but like, I remember going to go to New. We were just going to New York City and fuck around and take pictures, and then just like see New. And I, because like all you guys from New Jersey, like New York, you knew how to get around, and it wasn't as special. And I don't know, I wasn't even from that far away in Connecticut. I just never really went with my family or my friends, so I was like so doughy eyed. I was like, this is the Lower East Side. This is the Bowery. There's more than Times Square and like, oh my fucking God. We would pick a concert and go hang out in New York for the whole fucking day. Yeah. It was amazing. Oh, speaking of which, um, I bought some tickets to see Cursive. They're doing like a Ugly Organ uh, reissue tour. I saw that. I actually thought of you. Um, Cause you yeah, so I, you I, I bought shirt. tickets. I had some extra money, so I actually got tickets for both nights that they're playing. Um, 
I offered Dan to go to whatever night he wants to go to, but if you can, it's it's in the middle of a week, so no, you probably aren't going to do that. <laughs> no, wait, wait, when is it though? It's like March fifth and sixth, I think. Oh yeah, time actually, kind of retroactively, the job I have now is like I have more vacation time than God, so that's not a problem at all. <laughs> oh, nice, dude. Yeah, it's so like if ridiculous. you want to, you can actually see them this time. Yeah. Oh, I know. I was a little bitch back then. When's March? Well, no, you had to, like, get to the train, because it was, like, the oh, last train out yeah. the, that night or something. I'll... Um, let me know after this, like, Facebook me, because that sounds yeah, yeah, easy yeah. to get to, because March is so far away, I could probably make that work. Back to where we were, um, Braid, Frames and Canvases is still one of my favorite fucking albums of all time. Yeah, I mean, it, that's... I, I listen to that, like, at least once a week. Like, the whole album, too. Like... Uh, it makes it into its its rotation. Like, I notice my commute is is a lot of it's. I could listen to like an album of anything almost all the way through, like door to door. So like, it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I I kind of pick one. I'm I I don't listen to playlists or like variety. I really like listening to albums. I feel like that's how they're supposed to be appreciated, and I think that's like kind of always how I've listened to things, but I've also always been like an obsessive listener. Like I, yeah. I, I need to play something to death. Like, Oh, like that weekend in Syracuse, um, when you, the format uh, DVD. yeah, yeah. The format DVD and just listening to the song dog problems like 10 yeah. times in a row in the company of uh, other people. And then breaking every aspect of it down. Yeah. And, and Oh my yep. God, that's a great song. But then, um, I went back and then found, uh, the album before it, and then obviously they, Nate became fun. Um, man, we saw me, you, and Victoria, and your sister saw fun. Yeah, right before they became the biggest band in the world. Maybe not right, right before that. No, we saw them again. Actually, the next time we saw fun was in Providence, and it got booked in a really tiny venue. And then it, and then some nights came out, but they they increased the venue size to like a similar size to Westboro Hall was uh, Webster Hall, but they had booked the tour. So they were contractually obligated to play and they had the number one song on the radio and they played in front of like, I don't know how many it's called Lupo's and me and Victoria were so fucking close when they played and they were incredible. Yeah. I, I got to see, um, I don't, I never got to see the format, which sucked. Um, and I had plenty of opportunity and I feel like I, I saw Jimmy Eat World once and, and like they might have opened for them and I, I showed up late because <laughs> uh. um, I was like, oh, I just want to see Jimmy Eat World. And I, I, I can't remember what the circumstance was or what. You know, but, yeah, I missed my I missed that opportunity and I kind of regret it. Um, but, yeah, I got to see fun a few times before they, they got really. Oh, you saw them a lot. I remember you even going down to Philly to see them right before they got even like. Did you see them before Aiming Ignite came out? Uh, no, no, no. Um, just like immediately after the second that they were actually playing shows, I could get to when we we were going. Like, um, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We we went to Philly and New York, and I saw them in in Trenton at TCNJ. Um, it was like a free show, and well, kind of. I think it was like five dollars to enter like a carnival that they were playing out. I think it was called Funival, actually. Ah, that's um, funny. But I, I remember they played like Carry On and like, uh, um, 
and we are young, like they were playing it like, and they played it when we saw them too. So like that yeah. really was like right as they were about to like explode. But the, it was, the album wasn't come close to coming out though. It was like, that was the first song off a new album that was getting, and they were going on tour with Paramore in Europe. Right, right. Oh yeah, you're right. And then it wasn't until maybe one or two tour later before they became the biggest band in the world. But uh, remember how great Steel Train was? Oh my god, they, I kind of like, I really like them live. I think they're a great live band. I have a hard time listening to them, like, on my commute to work. It's it's not, I don't know, it, it just doesn't, something well, heard, just isn't captured on record with them for me. I heard Jack Antonoff of Steel Train, now fun, on the Mark uh, WTF with Mark Maron podcast, and he's like, that was a band that should have broke up, and it should have been like three different bands because it was like different members and different sounds, and like they never got the albums right. But yeah. like, but but because I remember seeing Steel Train years ago with uh, From Autumn to Ashes and maybe Finch or something. That's a weird show. <laughs> yeah, or maybe it was Senses Fail or something. It was at the. It was in Hartford, but like they like got booed off the stage. Because they didn't walk off, but like at that time they were like a jam band. And then by the time we saw them years later, they had like a lot of energy. But so I think they had like basically been separate band, almost like as he explained it as like three different bands all under the same name that should have changed. But um, did you know the guys from Midtown at one point? You used to play with them. No, no, I never, like, I mean, but I would be at shows, and, like, they were there, and, like... Okay. I I feel like, you know, there was just, like, a lot of those bands that... It was such a small crowd that they got... You, you got used to seeing the same fucking kids at your show all the time. Yeah, Midtown um, Saves the Day, Thursday. Yeah, yeah, so, like, yeah, there was there was a lot of bands that we really dug, and, you know, it wasn't like a, oh, my God, there they are kind of thing, because it was just... No, that's the same dude that's trying to sell you a t-shirt and, um, you know, yeah. So it was, it wasn't like that back in the day. Oh, that's, that's fucking awesome. I, I'm glad, um, I was going to say, so, um, I know I wanted to touch upon, you were one of my groomsmen in my wedding. Yesterday was actually the one year anniversary of that. Yeah. Happy anniversary, dude. Thank you. Um, but <laughs> the better the... Do you have the video from the bachelor party of, oh my God, the night of everything? It was awesome because I was out until like four in the morning, 3.30 or four. I don't know. It was a wild fucking night, but I didn't know that you were like deadly ill <laughs> at my wedding. Oh my God. Yeah. Fortunately, you were kind enough not to tell me that. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't worth complaining about because I was having like an amazing time, but it was just like, oh, this is like the worst I've ever felt in a long time. And I don't get sick like that um, often, at least. Like, every few years I get hit with one, and it was your wedding night. Even the pictures of you and McKay, you guys look great in them. Dude, I was having a great time. It was just like... Every- you couldn't tell. But you went, um, You were probably a little more calm during the, da- like the ceremony, and Dan and Melissa went all fucking out. But then they fell asleep, and you and McKay stayed out at our, at our after party until the end. Yeah. Like, you went balls to the wall at that after party. Like, that was fucking awesome. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was, so... it was me, uh, McKay, Bun, and, and Ryan. We were just sitting by the campfire, like, waiting for it to go out. 
And uh, oh, Bun. I think at one point Bun is like, you know, you don't have to put this fire out. We're like, thank you. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I'm so cold. But that was it. It's it's cool. Like if you ever get married, which I I think you will, if that's what you want. Um, it was cool because that's one of the few times I would have like all my friends and family from different walks of life, and like really fucking hang. Like my cousins from California and Oregon, and then like. Maine, and then like my family, and then like my friends, and my brothers in laws, we were all just getting wasted in cigars until like four in the morning. Yeah, it was my cousin Madeline. Like, we got to my cousin Madeline, but I'm like, Bo, you're not supposed to know my like if I talk about like my uncle Bob or Aunt Elaine, you're like, Oh, yeah, I've met them. Yeah, I remember, um, even when you met my sister, um, and like you guys were in a picture together, and I was like, I remember the first time I saw, I was like, Stop being in pictures with my sister, you know, you're not. You're not supposed to do that. Get out of my life. Your world explodes. Remember that your sister and Victoria uh, bonded over their love of Josh Groban? Oh, my God. They, my sister and my aunt are so obsessed with him. It's like, it's like a running joke now. Like, they try to, like, they tell me about Josh Groban. Like, like the guy's talented, but not, not for me. Like, so... You, I know. Learning, it's probably the way that I've talked about every, like, cursive over the years. Like, dude, I, I don't care <laughs> but you're everyone's you know you're still polite and you whatever yeah and he, but he's so talented and so nice and really fucking funny like he's been on nerdist and i was like damn it i want to hate you yeah he is he is hilarious i was like uh he does on jimmy kimmel and he does like he does performances of like kanye west tweets <laughs> <laughs> it's really fucking funny um you were also man that that i i think i i remember um you know, it's kind of uh, serendipitous. I hope I used that word right. Fuck, I shouldn't have said that. Let me start that over. It's kind of serendipitous, though, because the last song at my wedding was Rusted Roots, Send Me On My Way, hey. which I only knew that song because that was one of the many ways we became friends when we went to see them in the Starland. Now, I don't have you know a degree in psychology or anything, but I, I think you're trying to say that you wanted to marry me. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> the, even though marriage equality uh, is it's same sex marriage is legal in Rhode Island, I went the other way, and I regret every moment of it. And this is the whole podcast has been a ruse. I remember, <laughs> I remember talk talking to you and Dan like around the time I think when like New York I think um, passed uh, gay marriage and um, or marriage equality. Sorry, um, but yeah. Uh, and just being like, maybe we should do it for fun. You know, just because, <laughs> like, I mean, I love you, dude. Like, let's just do it, you know? And then... Well, you're like, we're all like, we're never getting married. And then Dan did without... Uh, surprise, Dan got married. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, everyone's getting married just left and right. Yeah, it's... it's as long as, it's, as, long as you're getting married, because it's not just what you do, then you're doing it all right. Um... So let me, uh, I, did, I feel like I would be missing out if I didn't ask you, like, so what was like your transition moving into New York City? Because you live in Queens, um, on a fucking, you've since moved, you actually moved recently, right? Yeah, I'm I'm staring at a bunch of boxes and bags of things and some things that are in boxes and half out of boxes. And Are you still in Queens? Yep, yep, we moved. Remember that park we went to with the bridge by yep. the water? I um, do, very yeah. well. I can see, like I can see the grass of that park the second I like step outside. Aw, so was getting so, a dog a part of that move? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 
it's literally the only reason we wanted to move out of our apartment. We we got a smaller apartment. I mean, it's less money, but like we got a smaller apartment so just so we could have the dog uh-huh. and 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 a cat. We want to get a cat too, but um yeah, he's He's having a hardcore puppy nap time right now oh. next to me. Oh, so you grew up in Jersey, and so, like, by, by default, you're just not cool. You're from Jersey. You're not cool. New York City is always overlooming you over, like, it's just, like, watching you from afar. But now you live there. Like, does it feel like – because you must – oh, your, your, your girlfriend is from Texas. So for the move from New Jersey to New York must not feel nearly as big for you as it does for her because she's far away for shit. And you're just like, yeah, I just jumped over a little but. I don't know when we're in Queens or anywhere in New York, even though it's not that far from New Jersey, it just doesn't feel close, you know? Yeah. It's actually kind of funny. I think, I think McKay knows the transit system better than I do. (laughs) Um, now, I mean, I might've like been able to fake it a little bit better than her at first, but like she, she, she's like, Oh, well you could take this to here and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) thanks. Google maps. (laughs) But like, so how do you like, you must love living there. It looks fucking awesome. Um, I, I miss, I don't miss having a car, but I miss driving, but it is also awesome to like, I, I'm like a perpetual kid in New York. I, I, this is something uh, my boss and I have spoken about a few times is, is that like New Yorkers have like this Peter Pan thing. I think, um, New York, New York city um, or cityites, whatever it is. Um, like you don't really grow up bars are open till four every night and uh, like you don't have to drive anywhere you pretty much just have to be able to like not get in a fight from point a to b and you're like you're fine and it's kind of i don't know like i don't it's it's weird i guess extended adolescence kind of i mean i i feel like it is a little bit even though like i honestly i don't drink ever um, and I, I have access to free beer at my office and I don't drink it. Like I have maybe one or two beers, um, like a week or every week or so. How uh, things have changed. Yeah, dude. And even it's so weird. Cause like, I've never really like, you know, loved drinking. I did it cause it was, it was fun when like groups of people were around and I would say that you knew a lot of people that you spent a lot of time with did a lot. Yeah, that's true. You know, if, uh, you know, yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think you, we know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. You go, you go to the pool, you're going to get wet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, McKay is not a big drinker. Like she drinks, like she's normal, but she's not like, she's not an alcoholic. Yeah. I think, I think McKay likes drinking a little bit more than I do, but we, we essentially have the same relationship with booze. I think that when we, when we drink, we like it to be a special occasion, you know, like it's a celebration bitches, you know, kind of thing. Like we like to feel a good time. We don't like to just drink, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's, you know, just another way that we're, we're kind of awesome together is that we're, when we want to, you know, tie one on, we can we can get down and do it and have a good time and like set out at least to like, I want to drink and have a fun time tonight and, um, you know, but yeah, like I said, it, we we save it for celebration purposes mostly and, um, you know, as you should, as a responsible adult should, but yeah, it's it's kind of it is weird coming from 
one myself abusing alcohol and like everyone around me abusing it for like a long time to just being like, yeah, no, I don't really like to, I I have one or two beers here and there, (laughs) but no, I think that's very responsible. Well, there's a level of like, you could drink a lot and then you get to like, when you're older and you see people, it's weird. There's certain bars you can go to and you feel good. And then you go to the other bars. You're like, you're all way too old to be, I'm too young to be here. Like, you know, it's not, you're not 19. You're like 30 and you walk into a bar and be like, why are you guys here on a Tuesday? Every Tuesday? It's sad. Like, it's just really sad. Yeah, it, it's crazy in New York and in certain bars that, um, like, there's this one bar, uh, Kingston Hall um, um, by St. Mark's that uh, McKay and I really like. And we love their happy hour. It's like two for one. It's still like New York prices, but that's two, you buy one, get one free, and it's still awesome. So, like, um, you know, we go there, we get pretty, you know, like, drunk you know whenever we're celebrating something and decide to go there and like the crowd that rolls in toward the end of happy hour is just completely different from like the the people that are hanging out there and being cool like like this this young professional crowd rolls in and it's just like oh god i don't want i don't want you to be here and then we wind up leaving yeah all the wall street guys yeah, uh, the younger, I, I guess, like kind of cooler than Wall Street guys. I don't know where they're. I don't know. They they just young professionals, I guess. Yeah, is it safe to say though that uh, uh, McKay is a comedy nerd? Because every time I talk with her, uh, we talk about like Jim Henson and like comedians and all this amazing stuff, and I fucking love it. She knows her shit. She knows a ton more than me. Oh my god, especially um, Muppets related. She Muppets and Harry Potter and even Lord of the Rings. Like she, I don't think she's read all of Lord of the Rings, but she knows it down. Like she's got the, the her facts down pretty good, and she she'll throw some stuff out like that. I that surprises me pretty often. Her and I talked about Henson for like a, I think an hour the first time we went to your apartment. Yeah, man, I thought I liked Muppets. Oh, I actually I had a puppeteer on, and I man, I, it was fucking nuts. That was one of those really weird moments. I was like, wow, yeah. Um, but this guy, uh, his name's John Bristol. He's on awesome episode. I think McKay would fucking love it. There's lots of Muppet and puppet talk. He makes custom puppets. I'm gonna buy one of puppet of myself. Oh, dude, I'll have to check it. I was talking um, about wanting to get maybe like a Muppet puppet ish thing for the apartment. I'll shoot you over his link. Um, he's a man. He's actually a friend of Amanda's. She inter- put us in touch, and he's like a. It's a really great episode, but it's it's fucking cool. Nice. He's fucking really cool. Um, man, she's actually home, and I think she came in and like and like mouthed something to me, but I didn't really. I was like, I think I just nodded my head yes, and and she she's was like, do well, the dishes. Yeah, something. <laughs> but, Women. Uh, yeah, and then she's been in her in in her room in our bedroom, and um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she's on the phone, but but yeah, she's down to come out. Uh, yeah. yeah, she's down to come on. Because I we did an entire episode about Bob's Burgers, which she introduced me to. Yeah. Oh man, she the stuff she knows about Futurama. If you wanted to have a Futurama episode, I'm dude. I'm totally down for that stuff i don't know as much as i'd like to but i like i i just love when people 
love something and geek out over it. It's like my obs- Bob's Burgers become my obsession, and then like I'm, I I kind of have it towards Adventure Time, but not because after you guys showed it to me, but not as much as other people. Like I really like it, but Bob's Burgers is like it's becoming like The Simpsons for me. Like I watch it so much. I know all the voice actors' names and all like this weird little fun stuff. Like I just I love it so fucking much. But that's a big thank you. Um. Oh hell yeah, man. Let's do that. Um. It's almost 10. I should probably go see my wife. <laughs> yeah, I should. We usually figure out what we're doing for dinner by now, and we haven't even, like, spoken about it. I think she texted me, and I haven't, like... <laughs> you haven't had dinner yet? It's, like, 10 o'clock. It's New York, man. That's that's what time New Yorkers have dinner. Well, what time do you, like, go to work? Uh, um, I leave. I'm out the door by 8 a.m. That's weird. I'd have dinner by now. <laughs> I, I my goal is always to do an episode a week. I have no fucking idea how, but there hasn't been a week yet where I don't have an episode. And every week I freak out because I'm like, uh, I I I'll usually record like three or four in a row, and then I like start to panic, and I don't know where I have three or four lined up. And it's been really cool. And like this, like tonight, this came together because I was like, shit, I don't have anything for Monday, and then this fell on my lap. So this is perfect. Yeah, dude. Um... <laughs> Yeah, whenever you want to do it, just give me a heads up. You, I know I suck at responding. I'm like the worst text message person. And... We we all have talked about it. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> in case you were wondering, it's been talked about. Oh, um, I'm sure if my, my brother's going to listen to this, but you also made quite the impression on my whole family at the wedding somehow. They talk about <laughs> you, you guys a lot. Did you sit with my brother or oh, uh, the bachelor party? No, I think, I think the bachelor party, like, yeah, I think we, we hit it off and like, yeah, yeah. I remember just like watching like your brother watch everyone and I think like we were I think we were on the same wavelength that night. I think he was a little bit more nervous. I don't know. Once once the booze started flowing in me, I started to care a little bit less, but like like um yeah, like when when the money was owed per se with with the <laughs> the, the situation Like I went over to hit, to your brother and was like yeah, so it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I um and and cause you guys used to always joke at camp. You're like, you have a family because I lived farther away, so none of you guys ever met my family. And for some reason, you all didn't think I had a family. Like I was like the on running joke until I hurt my foot and my dad and mom came to pick me up, and you guys were like obsessed. <laughs> yeah, no, you left without like you were leaving with you were going to leave without saying goodbye to me. Just so I wouldn't meet your family. Well, I had to keep it running. And I embarrassed. I was very embarrassed after I hurt my foot <laughs> from a water balloon fight. We'll have to get to that the next time. Uh, Dude, it yeah. wasn't even... Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of stories. Like, I don't think that this is... I could probably go on a long time. Um, oh, yeah. Because, like, now you know my parents and my dad and my aunts and uncles and my cousins. And, like, weird, right? They're all real. Yeah, man. Dude, but I could also, actually, if one of us pays for Skype, we could do three-way Skypes. Oh, maybe I'll do because I thought it was free. Well, yeah, we're using free Skype, but then, like, I think if you pay for Skype, you can do multiple. No, maybe you can do multiple voice. I can't remember. Yeah, because I think I'm going to bug you and Dan next to do the three of us. Yeah, that would be some, fun. Sometime. But all right, thanks again, man. 